When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to part two or part B of the week 18 review. As I said at the top of the last episode, every team played. All the games were on the weekend. No Monday nights, no Thursday nights. So bigger show and some playoff implications. So we're doing it division by division. We've done four and we'll get into the other four now. Kicking off with the AFC West. Kansas City went to Las Vegas. They actually played on Saturday in the US time slot. Now that... That match was put on the Saturday uh, before the incident with uh, in the match between Buffalo and, and Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. And you do wonder whether that might have been done differently uh, in hindsight. They had, had no way of knowing that the incident would happen, of course, with DeMar Hamlin. But uh, the theory was that, uh, that there was going to be nothing in this match for Kansas City. But because no one won the game... Uh, they were able to lock away the first number one seed in the AFC with this with this match, and that's exactly what happened. They won 31 to 13 with a dominant win. Uh, as I say, they were the very first. Uh, that was the very first bit of football since the Monday night fixture as well. Uh, so it was a very emotional day in Vegas. Uh, now the Chiefs did play the match full strength. They knew that there was a buy in it. Uh, they won't necessarily get a uh, the the true. Uh, number one seeding path all the way through the finals. If they play Buffalo in the AFC Championship, if that was to happen, it will be at a neutral venue. But they do. Uh, it was still worth uh, the juice was still worth the squeeze here. So the Chiefs did play their full strength team. The highlight of the match really was a ring a ring a rosy trick play uh, where they all did a bit of went around in a circle and then broke out into their uh, formation for the snap and scored a touchdown from it. But then after that, it was called back for a hold. Otherwise, uh, really all you could say was Kansas City's cleanest game in a while. Uh, they get a break off, you know, for next week, and they come off a hot streak with their key players back in form. So they had won a lot of games and been unconvincing. They won this game being convincing, and I think that is something that will give them the most satisfaction. Now for the Raiders, Jared Stidham, who played a uh, spectacular first game, nearly beating the 49ers last week, Probably back to where we had him pinned in the uh, first place, presumptive status of a of a solid backup um, rather than a likely uh, starting candidate. There were two fumbles and an intercept for him in this game. You'd expect the Raiders to search for a new uh, 
first choice quarterback in the offseason. They do have a lot of salary cap room. I think they've got the ninth most. Um, they did have the league's leading rusher in the end, and Josh Jacobs leading running back. So they'll need to work something out there. I think from memory, they did not take up his uh, his option on his contract at the start of the season. So he's outperformed what their expectations were there. But uh, that's just one of many problems in Las Vegas. Now, the other uh, match in this division was LA Chargers at Denver. Uh, now, Denver won the game 31-28, closing out a miserable season on a high with a solid win in what was a strange game. It was mostly strange for Chargers reasons. So we'll get back to them in a minute. Um, Denver played their best team. So a bit of a theme this week is who was starting their best side and who wasn't. Uh, They had a real crack. Russell Wilson hit three touchdowns, 284 passing yards, and he found Jerry Judy for 154 yards, uh, including two long bombs. He also connected well with Cortland Sutton. He had a touchdown. So that would have been um, part of the original vision uh, for getting Wilson in to get those uh, to get him connecting with those two guys. Their defense also played very well. Uh, they had a, an amazing first 12 matches of the season and then four very ordinary games around the time that the coaching hire or a coaching status, status of Nathaniel Hackett got a bit rocky. And now... They played back to normal. If the offense offense was to click next year and they got someone who could work with Russell Wilson, you'd have to think Denver could bounce back because their best hasn't been too bad. And don't forget, they were able to win a few games without hitting their straps earlier in the year. It's just that they were... Part of the problem wasn't losing matches. It was actually that they were playing in ugly matches where low-scoring games like the Thursday night game against Indianapolis... Now, the Chargers, where do we go with them? So they received a lot of flack for continuing with their starters, despite it being a game of no consequence. Just a reminder, this was in the late afternoon slot and the earlier match, which we talked about in Part A, between Baltimore and Cincinnati, that result meant that the Chargers were locked into the fifth seed. So they were always going to play Jacksonville. So it didn't matter what happened in this game, but the coach wanted to preserve momentum, Brandon Staley. Uh, He wanted to have... The team going into the playoffs feeling like winners. Obviously, presumably thought Denver weren't going to show up for this game. But uh, it kind of backfired. Wide receiver Mike Williams injured his back. Defender Joey Bosa injured his groin. And Bosa's had a year where he's missed quite a lot of games. So that wasn't helpful. Uh, Williams uh, does look like he's going to be in doubt for next week too. So that's obviously the the barometer by whether the move was, was good or not. And... Frankly, look, they lost the game too. So, they, you know, Denver didn't thrash them. It was a close match. But, uh, yeah, you, you just wonder, given they were never really ahead in the game, they were always kind of chasing their tail, whether it was actually worth it. They do go to Jacksonville next week for their uh, wildcard match. And, that look, that's going to be an exciting, sparky matchup. I'm personally a little disappointed with a couple of the matchups because we've got some uh, teams who are a bit lucky to be there. And then you've also got, I think, a total of three in division, all division matchups too. So at least this one offers something a bit different. And Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence will be exciting to watch. Okay, we'll pivot over to back to the NFC and go up to the north. Uh, Sunday night football was uh, one of the games, or almost the game of the round, Detroit at Green Bay. Now, just a reminder, we mentioned uh, at the start that if Seattle won, Detroit would be eliminated. Now, Seattle did win, uh, which we covered in Part A. So... Um, that Detroit went into this match 
with nothing to play for from a playoff perspective. Uh, but it was a brilliant performance from them nonetheless. They won the match 20 points to 16. Brilliant, especially in the second half. Overcoming that disappointment of being eliminated by the Seahawks and laying a marker for the future. They do a double over Green Bay in the process. And look, uh, we'll get to the, the Packers in a minute, but they did potentially end the Lambeau career of their tormentor, Aaron Rodgers. So we'll come to that shortly. Start with Detroit uh, to the winner's go the spoils. A lot of good stuff for them here. Jared Goff basically locked himself in, I would think, at quarterback for the future after a fantastic sort of stretch run those last few games, playing um, for once playing a really good outdoor match. He's sort of uh, been known for playing well, obviously, in the indoor stadiums like his own one, the Detroit Stadium, but also you know, in the south where the, the, ga- the games can be a bit warmer, but in these cold weather climates like Buffalo, Green Bay, Cleveland, those sort of places, he's been pretty ordinary. Um, so yeah, this uh, this was a he's had over 300 straight passing attempts without a pick uh, to close the season as well. That's 200 more than anyone else active in the league. I think Jimmy G and Desmond Ritter from the Falcons were the next two in the low hundreds. So a lot of good stuff for Jared Goff. I'd like to think he gets to keep his his gig, and that does set the lines up because they've still got some really good draft picks. From the Rams, from that trade, I think they've got the Rams' first-round pick, which is a top five, top six pick. So if they don't have to use it on a quarterback, it really does set them up. Elsewhere for the Lions, uh, Jamal Williams, who is an ex-Green Bay player, uh, their running back, he had a dominant game. Um, scored both the Lions' touchdowns. Also, he went viral uh, for his theatrical intro, you know, with the NBC coverage. They get all the players to state their name in their college. And uh, you've got a YouTube watch uh, Williams brought to the table there. It was hilarious. I still couldn't actually tell you what it was because it was so hard to understand. But it was a comic book reference, but definitely worth a look. The other player who um, who will be really, really stoked with their night is Kirby Joseph, a safety. Uh, who He managed to pick Aaron Rodgers twice in the earlier season match uh, in Detroit. He got him again in this game late in the first half, and then it was called back for a hold. Uh, which really saved Green Bay's bacon because it was an ugly toss and it would have set Detroit up. So that would have been a source of disappointment for him. But he got uh, Rodgers again late in the match um, and got his hat-trick. And uh, the best thing there is Detroit never gave the ball back to the Packers, brought out some trick plays and all kinds of stuff to uh, to make sure they got to the end at that 2016 scoreline. So for Green Bay, it wasn't a disastrous game by any stretch. Um, like, you know, they were in it right until the end and, and led for a chunk of it, and a lot of their players played well. But the truth is the difference between going to San Francisco next week and being a major dark horse in the wildcard round versus uh, kicking off the offseason right now, that's that's stark, that difference. And, you know, watching Rogers post-match, uh, including hearing the NBC guys, you know, uh, Mike Tirico and Chris Collins were talking about his future. And keep in mind, the commentators, the, the match broadcasters always get to interview uh, the key players during the week leading up to the uh, leading up to the game, you had to wonder whether they knew something because just the way they were talking suggested it could have been the end. And don't forget, the uh, Packers have gone out of the playoffs in underwhelming style the last two seasons as well. We'll just quickly finish uh, this segment and this division with the Minnesota at Chicago match. Now, Minnesota 29, Chicago 13, largely irrelevant fixture. Um, Minnesota did what they needed to, comfortably taking care of the Bears at Soldier Field. 
ultimately it was meaningless because Philadelphia and San Francisco both got the jumps on their opponents, which meant Minnesota had nothing to play for. And Chicago, they started Nathan Peterman at quarterback. Now, he has been around as a backup for a while, uh, but he'll forever be remembered as a Chargers uh, quarterback who uh, threw five intercepts in one game. So it's not an encouraging sign that he was in. Fields was strategically um, rested. He's had a tough year. Um, but yeah, Minnesota obviously as a result weren't being truly challenged in that game and eventually sat their own starters as well. So what does it mean for Chicago? The defeat meant they could. We'll get to them in the next segment. But uh, but depending on Houston's result, Chicago could potentially finish with the number one draft pick as a result of getting beaten here. It's fairly bizarre considering they've had so much promise this year. Um, some big wins, Monday night football win in New England and the rapid emergence really out of nowhere out of, of Justin Fields, who's now uh, highly regarded despite being probably even half a dozen weeks into the season. Everyone wondering where he was going to go with his career. They don't need a quarterback, so a top two draft pick um, means they've got a really solid draft hand uh, to go with some some other trading activity. And you'd have to think they are going to be a team that will absolutely uh, fire next year and really um, motor up, up the, the table. All right, we'll take a quick break and come back with the last of our matches for Week 18. Okay, so the, for the final uh, set of matches, we'll start with both both South Divisions, the uh, two weakest divisions in football this year. We'll start in the AFC South. So the big match on Saturday was the divisional decider between Tennessee and Jacksonville. It was played in Jacksonville, Florida. The game went down to the wire, but uh, the form team had the final scoring say. That was Jacksonville. They won 20-16. to 16. And they go through to the playoffs to play the Chargers in wildcard round next week. Now, this was a pretty close game. The Jags were behind for almost all of it. But it was their defense and special teams units who made sure the Titans never quite buried them. And they found the critical uh, scoring points when they needed to. It was a massive finish to the season. Five straight games, five straight wins. And they'll clearly build from this. Look, for Tennessee, their offense has really struggled down the stretch. This will hurt, especially as they started the season on a win-loss basis. They started it very well. They're going to need a healthy quarterback in 2023, as well as some more ideas and some more skilled players. They can't just rely on running back Derek Henry all the time. They probably overachieved to get the number one seed last year, and that luck has just deserted them this year. Uh, Tannehill's been injured for quite a while. Malik Willis, who was their uh, their, their highest uh, quarterback chosen in the draft last year, uh, he hasn't quite got where they needed him to. And then they've been playing a guy by the name of Josh Jobs for the last two weeks, and it's unclear whether you'd argue that uh, they'd stick with him too. But well done to Jacksonville. They've come good at the right time and won the division, and that'll be good for them. And Tennessee will have to retool with some new coaches in the offseason. The other game in this division, it was Houston at Indianapolis. Another utterly bizarre match. A Houston defeat would have secured them the number one draft pick, but they went for the win anyway and got it, 32 points to 31. Attacking, uh, you know, going hard for it in their final drive and even risking a two-point conversion, which, of course, would have, uh, if they hadn't got it, they would have lost, but they did. 
Davis Mills, the under-pressure quarterback there, converted a fourth and 20 on that drive as well. So it was just brilliant to see a team where, you know, a lot in a week where a lot of teams were happy to take the foot off and rest starters, these guys really went hard at it. They've had to battle for their wins all year. And, uh, yeah, to get it was great to see. Um, now, look, who knows the sequence of events? The, the Texans have since fired their coach, Lovey Smith. Um, who, by the way, he used to coach Chicago, who now get the number one pick that Houston uh, have, have kind of spurned here by winning. And he is the second straight head coach to be fired after one year at Houston. And same guy actually hired both, uh, both of those coaches, David Cully being the other uh, one and done, so to speak, coach. Now, that same uh, general manager will be hiring a third coach. And you just wonder, like where it leaves them. They've got good draft picks, which is always, you know, important, but they're a bit of a hot mess as a franchise. And look, they've never really been a glamorous team to begin with. So you just, yeah, this this is really tricky. The the whole Watson thing was a bit messy and I'm just not sure what, what would get anyone excited uh, other than co- having just, you know, high level coaching aspirations. What is it about Houston that gets anyone excited? We better get to India as well. Look, they sacked their coach midway through the year after issues at quarterback. They brought in Matt Ryan from Atlanta, theoretically, to be the answer to all their problems. And not that Matt wasn't the answer. I think there were a lot of other problems they just didn't realise they had. But that whole thing didn't work. Their interim coach, by the name of Jeff Saturday, and a former offensive lineman, he uh, started with a win against the Raiders uh, about six or eight weeks ago and then has just lost the rest of the fixtures uh, he stated that he wanted the full-time gig next year, but it's really hard to see that happening. And frankly, why would he want to? He's uh, he's a, t- a good TV analyst. Um, surely going back there has maximum appeal right now. I'm sure he could still get back in where he was with uh, a bit of added insight from being a head coach. But he, he never called plays before then, and you just have to wonder whether Indy would potentially go in a different direction as well. All right, now to the South. This will be uh, for, the, well, the a- NFC South. This will be reasonably straightforward because all the um, all seedings and division and stuff were all decided before the week. But Tampa Bay went to Atlanta. Now, the match actually was a win for Atlanta. We'll get to the Falcons in a moment. But with Tampa Bay first, they're the team that are progressing here. They played about two-thirds of this match with their starters. Um, but once it was clear that, the uh, the Falcons were there to play. Uh, the likes of Brady and, and Co. quickly removed their shoulder pads and tapped out. So, um, look, the Bucks won the division last weekend and they'll host the Cowboys on Monday night. They're half a shot. Uh, no doubt about that. But so they won't lose too much sleep about this match, but you wouldn't also... There's not really much they can take from it that's going to give them uh, any added hope. For the Falcons, it was a really promising day, to be honest. They uh, they had their three attacking rookies or skill players all fired. So quarterback Desmond Ritter hit 19 passes for 224 yards and two touchdowns, including his very first touchdown as an NFL player. Wide receiver Drake London caught six passes for 120 yards. And Tyler Elgier, their running back, who was also drafted last year, I think in the fifth round, he rushed for 135 yards and had... Uh, a thousand yard rushing season. So all three of those guys have performed to expectation or potentially even a little higher. Look, they do finish bottom of the division Atlanta. Um, they get the eighth pick in the draft in a division where they won seven games and only finished one game behind the division winners uh, being the Bucks. And remember in the uh, when these two teams played the first time, there was an extremely controversial call 
on uh, uh, on uh, roughing the passer on Tom Brady that had it not uh, had it not been called the Falcons would have won the ball on downs and been able to drive or had, had the chance to drive for a win which in the end would have won them the division and there's a, quite a few what ifs between all these NFC South teams there so I won't dwell on that too much for you but uh, seven wins and still getting the eighth pick in the draft I don't think that's um, that's a total disaster especially especially winning their last two matches and with plenty of green shoots. Now, that said, Carolina at New Orleans, not sure how many green shoots are around here. Uh, the game was won by the Panthers, 10-7. The most that can be said for this game in, uh, and these two teams in particular is that Carolina have come from a 1-4 and four start to the season. Uh, so they've won six and uh, gone 6-6 six and six, uh, after that. So, yeah, look, I mean, I guess you'll cling to that. They uh, traded out two of their main skill players in Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and yet still finished second in the division and have a really, really good draft hand. Um, And they may well, look, who knows, it'll need a bit of consideration on both, but they may well already have their head coach and quarterback already in the building in Steve Wilkes and Sam Donald. They'll need to figure that out. The New Orleans, they've had some massive highs this season. Um, to, you know, in beating Philadelphia last week, I think beating Las Vegas uh, earlier in the year, even though Vegas turned out to be not that good. I think that was a really, really strong performance. But look, nothing they've done has been remotely sustainable. They have holes everywhere, and the lead drama will be what happens to their head coach, Sean Payton, who wasn't there this season. He was theoretically on a sabbatical, and he's been publicly entertaining offers from elsewhere. So we'll have to see where that all all goes but yeah look that's the end of week 18 so a quick shout out to make sure you're staying tuned because we're going to have a bit of a playoff preview with a special guest this week and a little review of the other stuff that's happening in and around the season so keep an eye out for that and also make sure you get onto the sports social podcast network's website and have a look at the rest of the catalog there's a lot of good stuff there this show is produced with their help uh, alongside outside center enterprises all right that's the end of our week 18 summary enjoy we'll talk, chat to you in the wildcard preview show Sports Social Podcast Network.